Good evening, all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Class vs. Grass Gaming Podcast. It's just going to be the bearded one and I tonight. RGT is busy having fun. But welcome <laughs> to the Class vs. Grass Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Hey Jay. Joining me, as always, as of 2020, the bearded one. What up? AKA so Greg. I was, <laughs> I was just shouting out to the chat to see, uh, saying what's up. But yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, glad to be here back. Glad. in full swing this week glad to have you back and uh, i guess it's a holiday in the u.s this weekend yeah that's what they say uh we've got memorial day uh we have so every it's it's kind of the the, the one that's misaligned because we had a long weekend last weekend in canada where we have victoria day where we're supposed to celebrate a, th a queen i think but like nobody really takes queen it seriously <laughs> probably that's probably the one uh but it's just an excuse to open up your summer camp and get drunk, really. Ah, uh, so. it sounds very much <laughs> much akin to the U.S. <laughs> to the U.S. So state. we just need to like line them up. <laughs> we even call it. This is so stupid. They call it here in Canada the May two four weekend, uh, and, and I don't get it because like last week I'm like, well, it's not May two four, and this weekend it's May two four. So I'm like, why? What the hell? Why don't we just do it? Line it up. It's like it goes for for Canadian Thanksgiving. Why can't we just? bring it all together on on yeah that one's bigger though that one's like a month or month and a half where it's like the second week of october for us mm. you guys have it first week in november or uh we are the third weekend i believe in november okay see what i like about that is it gives you it gives you kind of a christmas uh like kickoff I think that's when all the stores kind of really like go hard on, on the Christmas promotion, right? In the U.S. Yes. Versus us, when Halloween's done, that's when like Christmas music on the radio kicks in and everything goes full Christmas in the stores and the malls, and it's it's two months of Christmas, and that's that's a lot of Christmas. That's like too much Christmas. So if it is your first time joining us, it is a one-hour podcast where we usually talk about the highlights of. Uh, the last week in gaming news. Uh, this past week, we didn't have anything, so we're bringing in um, an interesting topic, uh, which was actually inspired by Meters, who uh, was in a stream earlier with me. And uh, he was talking about the indie game scene and how there aren't really any big notable ones recently. He said in 2019, 2020. I'm paraphrasing, but anyways, I think I think that's a conversation worth having. We have a lot of thoughts there. But before we do that, where we always go over what we've been playing, and then the last 15 minutes of the podcast is where we take your questions, your topics, anything we might have missed that you want us to talk about, and we call that the lightning round. So those are the ground rules. Otherwise, grab a drink, grab a snack. Greg. Grab some fat. What? Grab some fat. We all have plenty of that to go around after uh, this lockdown. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I, have, I have so much gut right now. I don't like it. Well, I, and I think that's like, you know, something to, to at least mention too. Everybody's going through this thing differently and, and trying to maintain and, and do what they can. And, and, you know, some places are, are starting to open up, albeit slowly, mm -hmm. but, you know, at least this is like a, like in, um, fight club where they wanted to reset everybody's credit score back to zero. Everybody's fat count is now zero. <laughs> we're, all, we're already even playing field. Yeah, you're peaking a little bit again on your mic oh, for tonight. Oh, my bad. No problem. Uh, I guess so. It's crazy because I had gone on like this special uh, low-carb diet just before COVID hit. 
because I was getting ready for an event and, you know, I'm trying to look my best for my event. And I shed like 15 pounds uh, just before COVID hit. So like I was, it's actually, I think if you watch uh, any video I put out at the beginning of March, you see it like I'm very slim and everything. And over the last two months, I've undone, I've, I've undone everything. There's a reason I keep the camera above the nipples. <laughs> Anything yeah. below is a lie, or it's not a lie. It has to stay. <laughs> you all right there? <laughs> this went off the rails so fast. It did. Uh, I think you went a bit too low on your mic now. Now oh, you're shit. now you're off. It. Oh, that was good. The off shit was good. Oh shit. Let's oh shit. Is that oh shit? Okay, you're you're good. Uh, what were we talking about? Getting fat. All right. What have you? I I was I'm sorry I'm just debating before we went live we were talking about imagine if if you could store fat in more in more we're not going to talk about that what have you been playing uh so this week I you know they had the the modern the warzone update um you know so there's like the bunker you can go into now and and a couple of changes to weapons and and that's something that does keep me coming back into to warzone and Call of Duty. Uh, if not for the multiplayer, but just like seeing updates like that, very, very much, um, you know, following a lot of the groundwork too, that Apex Legends, um, you know, they, they did their own kind of take on the Battle Royale scene, and now we're seeing more of that. Um, <clears throat> so I played a lot more Rocket League since I got, I moving through, so I've been trying to get into the Diamond Rank. Um, Is that the highest? No, definitely not. <laughs> Walk me um, through the ranks here, What, what what's... Too far. There's there's too many um, you really? know championship ranks there. That yeah, I think uh, platinum and then I'm, I'm pretty sure it's diamond and then there's like two or three more classes. So hold on. Above. The let's let's call it what it is. The bronze is called platinum. No 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 no. There there's actually like bronze. Oh okay okay. It starts okay okay. Through the divisions there, but um, you know as they start getting higher up, you know it's it's. You're, you're still trying to navigate, you know, in matches, you know, oh, does this seem like a good partner if you don't have somebody to play with already? And that's something kind of cool that's happened over the past couple of weeks is just getting better and, you know, more people are willing to party up and, and you know, make the runs at, at you know, a couple of matches we went like seven and two, uh, like 10 and three. So, you know, a lot of sticking with your partner and, and playing through, you know, the 2v2 and the 3v3 matches. Um, I jumped back into into Mafia Three this week because if you owned it and they're doing the the Mafia trilogy release, um, your Mafia Three copy of the game on Steam turns into the definitive uh, edition. What? That is so, so consumer friendly, right? <laughs> <laughs> it gives you the DLCs and but the one thing that I did notice is that the 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 game, I don't know if it's performance, I don't know if it's drivers, but it just sludges along. And 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 previously I could set it to high settings and, and be just fine. And and that's you know, having the definitive edition now, you know, jumping back into it was something that got me excited about it because there's more content to play and I can finally, you know, finish out the game. But I got a notice um, you know, right as I booted it up that my my hardware didn't meet the requirements, and I'm like, what the hell? So I haven't gone back in since, and that was like four, three or four days ago. But I'm probably gonna def, uh, gonna jump into definitive edition again, and and probably finally finish out Mafia Three. But uh, what about you? What have you been playing? Oh, that feels 
amazing to be asked that question. Thank you so much. <laughs> Can you sense the bitterness of three years of not being asked that question? Uh, I've been playing a lot of things. It's been a pretty successful week because I completed the fourth Pantheon in Hollow Knight. And I don't know if you understand what that means. It's um, Hollow Knight is a very difficult game. <laughs> and the last DLC is the hardest DLC, and it includes all of these boss rush modes. And for me to get the Platinum, I have to complete every boss rush mode, which is called a Pantheon. And the first three are reasonably uh, doable. I did them, I think, in one or two nights. And the fourth one is very hard, and it brings the imperfect final boss of the game and gives him his perfect form. So when you challenge the boss of the game in any other like instance, he's an infected bug. So he's not like at his peak. But in this Pantheon, they have specifically gave a version of him where he's at his peak and he just destroyed me over and over and over again. Uh, anyways, I beat him. So that was a big success. But now the nightmare just begins because that unlocked the fifth and final Pantheon where I have to fight. So the first four pantheons are 10 boss rush mode. The fifth is 40 boss. It's going through every boss with difficult... Oh, you're muted. Oh, I said, oh my gosh, why would you do that to yourself? Every boss uh, with increased difficulty, and they even sprinkle in two new bosses in there just for them, like three, four new bosses in there just for fun. So uh, I made it to the 15th stage out of 53. So that's including like, uh, rest stops and stuff and I'm just stuck there so anyway that was my success uh, the next thing is I got into Civilization 6 because it's free to anyone yeah. who wants to like get it you just go into the Epic Game Store and say I want this that GTA 5 the the free one I got that too because I, I haven't played GTA I, since 3 yeah you got it like I, I see you as a GTA player and, and it's funny because like it's it's not necessarily even because of the 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 gameplay of stealing cars and stuff. It's like just a third person action adventure game, and that's what just that's what with that's me. what five is. GTA five, it's you know it's still third person, and and um, you know it's it's just really you switch between three characters over the course of the game, and mm -hmm. and you can unlock different. Um, you know, wardrobes, outfits, there's tons of freaking side missions and stuff. But um, I, I, for for whatever reason, five didn't hit as hard as, as four did for me. But, you know, it's still, you know, definitely a worthwhile game. I also picked up four for free uh, when the Rockstar launcher came out. They were giving that one out for free. So I have four oh, and five. Yeah, so I have them. I just need to play them. I thought they were massive games, but I don't know if Cat's in the chat tonight. But Cat uh, just beat it, uh, GTA 5, and it took them, like, 30 35 hours which is very reasonable i thought it was if, like a 100 you, hour game. It, it, i think that's like you know especially when i when i was younger i didn't understand how gta worked mm -hmm. because you know just going around killing running from the cops and and sleeping with hookers um you know there, there's a story there and and i felt that you know gta 4 had a pretty deep story and and you know with uh expansions like uh, lost in the dam i think lost in the dam yeah ballad of gay tony um, you know, I think it really that set the groundwork for what was to come in GTA five. And and I'm really excited to whatever, you know, six brings, I guess. Uh, I like, Gray, that you asked in the chat, what retro game is comparable in difficulty to Hollow Knight? 
I can't think of a game that matches it, but think of Castlevania because I think that's a very similar similar mechanic in, in some regards. So imagine classic Castlevania, NES, SNES, whichever one you want from that era, and add on a 40 boss rush mode to that. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is retro game comparison to Hollow Knight. But I, you know, I asked that too, just because you know this is this is the the indie games community's response to not having those those mainline games or Konami just not being non-existent with those IPs, and mm-hmm. for somebody else to step in with something similar because companies won't give. I mean, uh, someone brought up Streets of Rage Four in the in the chat, and it's like, fuck, you know, it took decades to to finally bring something new for uh, a long-running franchise, you know, so. Yeah, we're going to get more into that. I think this is going to be a really good conversation regarding indies. But uh, back to Civilization VI. Uh, I've heard of yeah. the Civilization. I don't, have you played Civilization ever? The IP? Same. I've never it's touched it. I've Sorry? It's definitely not a Greg game. You have played it and you don't like it? Not my style. Oh, okay. So a lot of friends I know played it, love it, and have gone on about how it how addicting it is and how it's a big time sink and everything holy shit i like i i did not even know there would be a game like this like i remember when i was in in college university um world of warcraft was the big time sink and i i avoided that specifically during my studies not to get sucked into it and then when i got into wow i was like oh it's not that bad but my god civilization six i booted that up saturday morning played the tutorial Five hours later, it was time for dinner. I was like, "How is this the tutorial?" Uh, and then I was like, "All right, one like let's let's try one more game. Maybe I didn't really understand what I was doing, and it was just slow." Uh, so I started one more game, and then it was midnight. And I was like, "No, I'm I'm not doing this. I lost an entire day for what? For a game that has no story? And like, I I, I don't Wait, know. Persona or Civ 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 Six? Oh, okay. I I was confused for a second. No, Persona 5 is actually rewarding to play, at least. you get a, It's like reading a book. You get a good story. You get to hang out with your digital friends. Um, so Civ 6. And then what? Oh, uh, I've been playing Minecraft Dungeons because um, I got a review oh, yeah. code for that. Uh, I made a video about it. <laughs> I wish Sean was here tonight. <laughs> uh, so that's what I've been playing. How about you, chat? What have you been playing over the past week. Sorry, I stole your thunder there. Um, But anyways, as the chat responds, let's get into our topic. So uh, as I said, I was talking to Meters. Meters was in the chat earlier uh, today as I was streaming, and he was talking about the indie game, the indie scene not being as good as it was. I was like, well, what do you mean about that? Last, he's like 2019, 2020 was a shitty, shitty year for indie games. I was like, well, 2019, first of all, had the Goose game. And like, get out of here. The Goose game is fantastic. Uh, but then the more I thought about it, he's like, yeah, but, you know, that was a fun game, but it, it didn't have quite the same impact of when you think back. Like, to me, the peak of indie games was, like, 2015, 2017, kind of that era. That's when you had Shovel Knight Breakout. You had, I know it bombed, but Mighty Number no. 9, which made a lot of noise. You had uh, Ukulele come out. You had uh, Hollow Knight come out during that time. You had Axiom Verge. Um so I think the, the and you were talking about the the rise of those indie games and you were right about to say something else and I think you were like, <laughs> uh, okay, let's make sure we are back on. Stream sure has disconnected. Oh, we're good. Well, we're I, back. I think yeah, we're yeah. Hey, hey. 
All right. Uh, well, that was random. So Greg is in a thunderstorm right now. It's sunny here, but I'm the one that gets my internet cut off. I blame. I blame. It looks pretty sunny there, though. I don't know. No, it is not. <laughs> uh, I'm just in a dark room. I blame Sean for cutting our internet. I blame Canada. <sighs> Always blame Canada. What was I saying? Uh, okay. Early 2000s, we started seeing uh, indies come up and making their own games like Fez. And then you have 2015, 2017 is really where it peaked. And maybe it's because I was covering it more on the Wii that I noticed it more. I don't know. But it seems like the indies that we're seeing in 2019, 2020, like I even did a quick search on the uh, best indie games of 2019. And there are some notable ones, but none that seem to have made an impact. Like, you know, we had great games like Baba's You, Katana, uh, Katana Zero, my friend Pedro. But a lot of these games, Ape Out, all good games, but they don't feel as fleshed out as, say, a Shovel Knight or a Hollow Knight. Like these, these games are are very traditional indie in the sense that they have one concept that they like introduce very well. They play with it, but they don't seem to flesh it out. And that's that's a very common thing we see in the indie scene. So the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning to agree with um, with meters on this point. And when you look at the 2020 indies. So people are saying Ori, but that's like Microsoft Studios now. Does not count. Um, well, well, I think there's like that. That should be you know mentioned too. Is like that was about the time when when Xbox Live Arcade was launching things, and then as it evolved, you know they like they're not. It's it's hard to really like say like a game is like a true indie yeah. because you know most times they're getting you know some sort of financial backing from some sort of publisher or they've made a Kickstarter, and you know maybe that's the reason why you know, expectations could be managed for something like Mighty Number no. 9, um, you know, having, you know, people's expectations for a, a new Mega Man game. And I don't know, it just, it's it's a weird, weird observation, um, me being outside of what you know is indie. Well, it, it's a gray line. There's nobody that can clearly define because the traditional definition of indie is that you use your own funding or you 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 publish you, you do it without a publisher and mm -hmm. that was traditionally how the industry worked if you wanted to release a game you had to go to a publisher to to get funding but they would also provide the marketing and everything like you couldn't say i want to publish i want to put my game out on um on a on a GameCube or on an Xbox or on a PlayStation, it, you just could not. You needed those relations and all that. And those companies, the Nintendo's PlayStation of the worlds, they just they didn't work with individuals. Um, so I think the the whole thing opened up really when you had more uh, develop um, more developer friendly platforms like Unity, which is free to anyone who wants to build a game at first, and it, they charge money as soon as your game makes more than $100,000. Um, so that was one thing. So that made game development more accessible. And then platforms like Steam eventually offered more and more systems and services, letting you uh, put out your game Shovelware. yourself. Shovelware. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as you say, Xbox Live started opening their gates and saying like, okay, you're seeing more independent uh, developers making their own games. Let's give them a platform because Steam was doing it. Then Xbox Live. And then Nintendo did it with, uh, what was it called? WiiWare? The WiiWare channel? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many things lost. I'm actually making a video <laughs> on that, by the way. The lost gems of WiiWare. I have to come up with a better title. Um, but, but, but look at the look at the environment. Look at the, the online store for something like WiiWare. Like, I oh, had yeah. no idea what indie games were until... I became familiar with something like um, Super Meat Boy, for example. That was like one of the true like 
true indie games that I, I first got to review and, and got to play and, and really kind of made me understand what indie games were. But I don't I don't feel like, you know, that I that like grassroots kind of movement that was behind that period of time. I don't think that exists anymore. Um, it, it exists, but I would say it's, it's, uh, it's saturated. The market is saturated. Anyone and everyone who has a game idea and who, who has a decent PC can put out a game. And that's what we kind of saw happen is the market got flooded. And now there's actually content creators that just focus on finding indie games because there's so many uh, bad ones, or there's some that just have a cool concept in it, but it, it hasn't been fleshed out a lot. Um, so, you know, when I say, has the indie bubble popped? I think there are more opportunities than ever uh, for an indie studio to, to be profitable. And, and also think like taking into consideration um, on this show, we often talk about console and PC gaming, but there's also a whole other market that we don't often acknowledge the mobile market, which that too peaked um, a couple years ago with a ton of garbage games where you saw pretty much every major IP from console PC gaming shift over to uh, mobile. Do you remember those days where every new game was announced for mobile? It had like either... It, but yeah, and it had. I, re I remember there was a lot of like um, companion apps too. That was like yeah. where they didn't really know where to take it, and and you saw like a mix of. Because I remember there was a what's the uh, what's the RPG that EA does that we haven't seen in a while? Dragon Age. Yeah, like they even moved to do like an indie like Facebook Dragon Age in browser game and it was it, it was such a weird fucking time uh nick is that a serious question what's indie game the movie it's a movie about indie games <laughs> it's, it focuses on fez uh super meat boy and what's the other one yeah i never forget the third one. Oh no you said it super meat boy fez and the other one that i braid that's what's called braid oh yeah it's a really really good movie and it's it's what piqued my curiosity into the indie scene um so anyways, I'm mentioning mobile because that is just as much as a, of a viable platform to release an indie game. So the opportunities are more than ever. Uh, in fact, you know, you're seeing all of the major uh, publishers now, the PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox, have their own special digital conferences for for this. And it's, it's kind of the standard now. People talk about indie games, like just like you say, you and I, back on the Wii days, we weren't even that aware what the WiiWare was. I didn't even know what an indie game was at the time. Um, so have we kind of seen that golden age of indie game pass because now before they can actually go out on their own and be big, uh, a, a bigger publisher no takes note? Like, you know, if there's a new Shovel Knight on the rise, publishers are now looking for those games. And just like Epic, like, why not just scoop in there, toss a ton of money, like what Epic did with Rocket League, for example. Perfect example. Um, go in, grab that property, make it your own, and fund it. And to the indie developer, like, why not? Why wouldn't you take a check to have a comfortable lifestyle and to have uh, a steady income while you work on your game and you can implement all the features? So perhaps the the traditional or the, the way that we described the indie scene a couple of years ago just isn't there anymore because it's all behind the scenes? Like, I, I, that, that's a question. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the Ouya. The Ouya is another, like, peak indie... Yeah, and that was so at the time I was working at Target and I was, you know, going to 
events in San Francisco. I was going, still going to E3. I was going to the Indie Games Festival in Culver City. And just to see that there, that there were so many developers on board because it looked like, you know, they were offering their support to the indie games community. And this was also kind of a, you know, kind of a, uh, like a punk rock feel to it. You know, they had these like, you know, games that couldn't be published elsewhere, but there was like this Ouya that was like finally a platform (laughs) for indie games. And then it started showing up in places like Target. And I was like, wow, we actually have this console here. I was like, I just saw, um, that was, I think that was the same time I saw Guacamelee for the first time. I have some like very, very like early captures from them hmm. and it's all Spelunky and, and all those, but yeah, that, that I don't even know if the, the indie games festival still goes on, but you know, that was, that was like the, you know, you started to see more movement and then I started seeing more um, really the idea behind indie games as, as I started to attend like GDC and, and um, things like that. Well, you also had the the rise of Kickstarter, which which funded a lot of these projects as mm-hmm. well. They didn't all end up being great, but funded a lot of games that um, you know we definitely saw. I think the fall of Kickstarter at this point. Mm-hmm. So taking all that into consideration, um, and the fact that the gaming industry is going through a massive change now in 2020, with um, pretty much people can't connect and meet like. It, it's it's a lot harder to get discovered. So like I was saying, if there is if there is a new Shovel Knight in development right now, uh, it's going to be very hard for that team to get noticed because they can't go to the PAXs, the GDCs, and all that. Um, so are we seeing... What do you think? Are we seeing a transformation again where you know we can clearly identify the early 2010s, what that was like, the mid-2010s um, being this, this, this kind of hot moment? And now do you think we're seeing a transformation where we're going back to a traditional model where indie means more of the, the ape outs, the, the, the single kind of concept game that's like, oh, that's fun for two, three hours. And then all of the other ones that are like really fleshed out concepts are just going to mm-hmm. get picked up by publishers and we're back into the traditional world of uh, proper indie and non-indie. Yeah. What do you think? Mm. And see, I, I want to say, you know, you're right. But then at the same time, you know, this, this, this is a unprecedented time for individuals that, you know, it's just like, like, it's going to sound silly and it's going to probably not relate very well or come off as a good analogy. But like, you know, for example, today I changed the oil and oil filter in both my car and my girlfriend's car. Right. Okay, I'm so, following you. <laughs> normally I wouldn't have the time to, to just, you know, um, hang out in the garage for six or seven hours um you know running back to the parts store because i forgot something or whatever but you know like i was saying this these are unprecedented times where individuals have the opportunity to work from home to sit down at their computer and continuously work and you know i think that's gonna gonna feed the indie games community more than it's gonna take away and i think you're gonna get Hmm. um you're going to get both because there was, what was that game? It was like a Pokemon clone that came out on steam. Um, that was another indie release that that was before Pokemon launch. And it was huge and it had massive numbers at the start. Um, you know, there's a dauntless, um, I forget who the, the company is behind that, but, um, you know, you have, I, you have like, um, like bright memory, for example, that's a, a, a game built by a single individual. You know, so I think you're going to still see those those experiences that are more fleshed out 
but you're also going to still see, I think, the the traditional ape out, my friend Pedro, mm-hmm. uh, enter the gungeon. Um, um, you know, there's, it, I, I think the video game industry now is more supportive of that than ever because it's, it's much more reliant on the libraries um, of digital games, you know, with the Epic launcher, the Bethesda launcher, the with steam then you have what's on stadia and the ability for stadia to pad their library is to bring in more indie games same thing with you know xbox and their um you know microsoft owned studios but then you have things like game pass that they need more games to come to game pass so yeah. you know i don't think um we see it slowing down but i think there's it there's you i think you're going to be able to tell shakedown hawaii good good shout out in the chat because i loved uh retro city rampage but um, I think you're going to see games that you're going to be able to identify the time they were produced as as games that were in development during you know this 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 pandemic new normal. Don't say it. <laughs> well, I can't say the word pandemic. It's what, it's what it's called globally. Uh, <laughs> so you think we're going to have a kind of a golden age of gaming next year in the in the coming I, years after this? I, I wouldn't say golden age. I would say that you're probably going to see. Because, you know, say, for example, somebody that was like, oh, shit, I got to get my game ready for E3. And if Microsoft is going to push me to release this mm-hmm. and it's going to be on Xbox and Windows Windows 10 store. And, oh, now I have, you know, a four month drawn out window and they want me to go in the third month of this game fest, summer game fest. Mm-hmm. And I can push back my my uh, launch window to the end of the year that also arrives in time for the new Xbox, the new PlayStation or whatever. Yeah. You know, so I think it's going to, you know, shift, but you're also going to see maybe an increase in quality. Who knows? It's really a toss up. Yeah. I could see it going either way. Do you think we're, and now I'm kind of like going into a slightly different territory here. Do you think that same logic applies to the bigger studios where they're like, where traditionally they had to get ready for these big events with demos and all that. Now they don't have to prepare the demos. So mm-hmm. uh, like that, that's a whole aspect of production right. that they don't need to do now. I kind of feel we're going to make a return to demos. Well, I mean, okay, so you go to E3. You, well, I meant, meant, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, because E3 would have a playable demo on the show floor. Yeah. I meant more so playable demo, you know, on the store. I think we're going to see less. Because those yeah. those store demos were often uh, taken from events. Like the demos were made for the events. And I think the cost to... So in my little insight into game development, like I understand that you have to basically take the team aside to like kind of branch off and make a demo. Like it's its, it's, its own contained development project. Um, so now that you don't have to do that, and I'm just thinking out loud right now, uh, because you don't need to sink the cost. I, I can imagine it's, it's a pretty... Like it's it's got to be a pretty decent cost to to make a demo. So if you're not going to do an event, why would you do it for a store, like a, a, a digital store? Because we're not seeing studios do that right now. So why would that change? When the demos traditionally are done for media for press, um, but now they don't need to do them. So why go out of their way to do it for the consumer when that was never available before? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, but but I think that they're trying to to resonate with the consumer now more than ever. Not necessarily. I I think it kind of put them in a position as developers and and you know publishers out there to put them in to make hard decisions. You know what to showcase in their summer games events. 
you know, based on, you know, what's ready. I, I don't know if it's gonna, gonna drive down the, the demos we actually see. I, I still, I still think that it's going to push them to create more, but I do agree. I've, I've heard that same conversation around demos and, um, I, I cannot for the life of me remember, but it was it was uh, somewhere around the Xbox Live Arcade time when um, the the talk that I heard was was um, it was a discussion of just how stressful uh, producing demos were for Xbox Live Arcade because at that time pretty much everything had a demo. Wow. But I do agree with you there that I mean you have to take a sliver of your entire project and only show what you want the person playing to see so you don't want to see any um you know later stages upgrades any mm. animations anything in the menus any sound bites that would indicate anything being able to progress past you know certain points you know i've i've heard you know games released in the past that had demo versions also had the main game downloadable with it if you you know went through the files and changed some things so you know i i it's i don't know it's it's just a weird time and 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 there, there hasn't been really anybody to step up to really, you know, other than what we've seen coming out of events like Gamescom and everything like that, um, you know, showcasing indies, but nobody is really, you know, taking the reins to say, you know, this is the direction the industry should go in or well, this nobody is where knows. should head. Yeah. And that's, and I think, you know, maybe that's the, the, the problem right now is we, there's no leadership in this vacuum. Yeah. Well, there's Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Keeley, who's, uh, my name is Jeff. He's trying. He's trying. Um, so yeah, I mean, at this point, it's just going to be speculation because we, no, nobody knows. You know, we we were talking about this in March, where you and I were aligned with the marketing, where we're like, oh, uh, we're going to see like all the marketing um, budgets and departments just go like, oh, what do we do? And we were having a whole conversation back then of, oh no, no, now everyone's at home, it's time to pump out marketing. Um, which another party on this show was talking about, and we saw that um, the draft. I'm not. I'm not going to take too many shots at Sean because he's not here to defend himself. But <laughs> um, here, fuck you, Jason. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so let's try to answer it easily. Has the indie game bubble popped? Yes or no? In your opinion? No. No. I say, as we know it, yes. It's currently transforming. Like a Pokemon, it's evolving. It's evolving, yeah, like a Pokemon. Uh, Sean, Sean always takes shots at me, but I'm, he always <laughs> does it to my face, though. Unless unless he goes <laughs> off on Spawn Wave, and I don't know, or the Spawn cast. But I don't think I'm not important for him to talk about me that much. Uh, all right, otherwise, in the news, anything you want to talk about? So I do have a few things, but it's not that exciting. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is the best-selling Final Fantasy game ever. Surprise. So, exactly, right? Are we surprised? <laughs> uh, beating Final Fantasy XV, which was the previous uh, record holder. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised either. Uh, I remember when Square was talking about uh, Final Fantasy VII in general, and they say, we will never return to Final Fantasy VII until we have a game that outperforms Final Fantasy VII. And I guess they gave up after 15 entries, and they're like, just, <laughs> just remake it, uh, and that's the game that beat Final Fantasy VII. So, good job, Square. Uh, I I just want to shout out Nick in the chat for Bubble Butts, apparently, and that's the topic that people are going to stick with. So, Bubble Butt, 
bubble 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 bubble. I know the I know I know the song. I'm very surprised that you know. Don't don't doubt my pop culture knowledge. It's it's very weak in some areas, but very random and strong in other areas. Uh, MDK. So it outsold its life. Not sure what you mean by that. But like, as in it outsold, uh, I think, oh, oh, good question. Um, I think it's the launch. It's the best. It's a sales record for launch, for launch month, if I'm reading this correctly. <clears throat> Moving 3.5 million copies, including digital and shipped. Uh, now I'm just reading this as we go. But um, yeah, I don't think that. It's the best-selling game of April instantly becomes the third, the number three best-selling game of the year. Okay, that's not saying much. <laughs> it's so early in the year. <clears throat> Currently the best-selling game of the year on PlayStation 4. Um, launch month unit and dollar sales best in franchise history. So it's the launch month. It's the best launch month for the franchise. Exceeding those... Of, interesting, though, because Final Fantasy XV launched in December during the holiday period. And uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which launches in April beat mm. a holiday launch but there's less competition so yeah and, and like you know maybe that's that's also the same thing that can be said for the pandemic is you know things like animal crossing mm -hmm. you know they would have had success but they wouldn't have had as much success unless it was just this this you know perfect storm and i think you know again that goes back to the indie scene what what is this going to mean for people out there that now have longer development cycles because they can't well, hopefully it means <clears throat> quality, that, not quantity. <laughs> no, I mean, hopefully it, I, I'm just thinking of, you know, budgets. So a lot of the times, um, especially if it's their first game or whatever, even if it's not their first game, you know, they only have a, a certain amount of runway to develop their games before they run out of money. And mm -hmm. their game needs to go out to get revenue coming back into the company. And I was going to say, well, actually the, the shutdown kind of helps potentially because now at least in Canada I don't know about the other governments in the world there's a lot of uh, financial incentives to support companies now I don't mm -hmm. know if game developers can tap into that um, to, to get maybe a little bit more money more loans or uh, loan for forgiveness or extensions but if if there is um, that avenue we might see some games come out of some countries where there was more support uh, from the governments mm -hmm. potentially all hypothetical uh, yeah. sure uh, Tony, it's not the lightning. Well, it pretty much is the lightning round. It's the unofficial lightning round. So you guys can can toss up your questions um, and topics right away. What about my freestyle rap? Oh no, it's Tom Green's freestyle rap. Oh, you know, I finally saw somebody mention this week that they were. There was a. I I don't remember the headline specifically, but it was like, we really need to talk about uh, Modern Warfare's continuous updates or their patch sizes or something like that the last one i think was 30 gigs yeah you aren't aren't you saying you're like over 200 gigs now oh it, it there, another one just happened oh another like, one <laughs> like a couple days ago this I, I went no this was on sunday actually last last sunday no maybe it was whatever but i went to jump on to play with some friends after the latest update and it was like 30 gigs and i was like yeah i'm not playing tonight <laughs> I was downloading at like 1.5 Mbps. That is ridiculous. It's it's just this like it, Zerg creep. Do you know what Zerg creep is? I do not. Really? What I the hell is that? Starcraft? Zerg creep? You've never played Starcraft? 
I can't say that I have. Do you know what StarCraft is? I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you know how there are three races? I can't believe you never heard of Zerg Creep. Okay, I'm going to... I'm a fake-ass PC player, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm no better, but I know what Zerg Creep is. Um, okay, so you know how there are three races in StarCraft? You got Protoss, Zerg, and Terrans? Yeah, to totally. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, so you got but one... So you got aliens, humans, and bugs, okay? Does that make more sense? That's their yeah. un unofficial name. Uh, so the bugs are called the Zergs. That's their race. And when you build a base, you have to build the base on top of, like, fleshy land, which is called Zerg Creep. Hot. And the only way that a Zerg player can build out their base is by increasing their creep. By, like, oh, planting... Easily done. <laughs> <laughs> so when Zerg Creeping is the act of, like, landing on something and then just taking over it, kind of like what modern warfare is doing to your hard drive right now pretty much yeah dude it's it's completely filled up uh my terabyte <laughs> drive that i had and then i had another one that was dedicated to my other ssds were dedicated to the games i play most and i was just like i've got to move this to my shit drive because it's just uh, it's insane dude i i do not get it i there's there is no reason and you know, for it to take up that much space on somebody's console, let alone PC. I mean, come on, man. There needs to be, I think, a limit on file size. Is that is that unreasonable to ask in a game? Like, mm. I'm, I'm just thinking, is that unreasonable to say, hey, uh, your game, as soon as it passes 100 gig, you have to make a new game if you want to go bigger. Just cut, <laughs> cut it and make a new game. Well, I think is like this games is a service, like the ongoing evolution of them. Like, there's no time to optimize. There's no time to... Fortnite um, does it. There's a new update every two months, every week, Frick. Uh, Although, how big is Fortnite? I don't know. Maybe it's 200 gigs yeah. as well. Yeah, and and not only that, you know, Call of Duty's been operating on this the same engine with, with new upgrades that's, I'm sure, has been band, bandaged and duct taped together to... <laughs> to Siggy, Siggy Sauer saying reasonable. How is that reasonable? <laughs> See, it's reasonable. <laughs> don't don't that, fight the viewers, man. <laughs> don't worry, you got Nick on your in your corner saying unreasonable. Oh, sick, sick. I think it's Bubble doable. Butt. Like if you're adding that much content to your game, that it's doubling in in. I don't. I don't know. Like, just call it a new game. There, there's got to yeah. be a way. Activision is the only game is the only company that does this, right? I don't know any other company that does not care for your hard drive, like, at all. I don't know. I'm sure that uh, something like um, No Man's Sky or there's got to be another game out there that's... that's... I don't think so. <laughs> Star <laughs> and, Citizen? I don't know. <laughs> and it, it's extreme. It's extreme. Activision is... is uh, the the worst one at fault here. The I mean, the other ones on PC might be like the, the Blizzards and the um, oh, what's the one with um, shit? Overwatch? No, take take two's games. Aren't they big too? Yeah, they're pretty pretty bloated. Yeah, but they and, and then again, they're massive in size, and that's that's what like you know this whole thing is is about. This is like I'm sure the same game can be made <laughs> in 200 gigs and not 500 or whatever the file. I don't even know what the file size is now. I yeah. can't even find it. Anyways, I think it's bad practices unless. Because 
they're they're an outlier in the industry. They're they're clearly uh, compromising on on compression to get to get it out, or they're doing something wrong. <laughs> that's all I can say, because if everybody was doing it, then you could say, okay, it's the it's the average. But they're because at what at what point does that stop? That start to mess with like your player base and not being able to keep up with yeah. automatic updates and file sizes and and yeah, I see like just the minimum system requirements for just regular uh, Warzone is 175 gigs available of free hard drive space. Damn, it's huge. Like I say, and I and I own the multiplayer too, so I'm sure. So these it's... updates are they entirely new maps, or are they putting on a 4K, 8K uh, cutscene, like 28K cutscenes in there? No, it's like you know maps and um, skins and guns and and changes to multiplayer, and so I I, I is I every screw in the gun an asset <laughs> that they have to render and the light on it? And this, oh my god, this so... dude. <laughs> Dude, this doesn't even talk about uh, ray tracing. What is Activision going to look like on next gen? You're going to find. Uh, so these things are 100 gigs. So it's going to be like a t tera, yeah, ter terabytes. That's 1,000 gigs, right? Terabyte yeah. file size, easily. Like, they're gonna they're gonna do disgusting one terabyte file file size. Which, when you look at something like, um, say, for example, um, Jedi Fallen Order, I just uninstalled it to make room for Call of Duty. Yeah. And that game in total was 50 gigs. You know, if they could build a, you know, a massive world, uh, you know, with, with, you know, RPG mechanics, different, uh, uh, way better polished uh, assets and, mm -hmm. and character designs. And I, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. I just want to know why. Just tell me. I would love to know why as well. I would love to have someone from the development team come here and just say, just be like, dude, why are file sizes so big? Oh, hold on. <laughs> Give me one moment. I'll invite him. Okay, sure. Please send that email and get them on here. All right. Uh, it is lighting round. Officially. It's officially the lighting round. Hang on. Let's make it official by playing the graphic. I don't even know if there's a jingle for that anymore. Is there a jingle? Like you're dancing. Uh, I, I'm not hearing any music. I don't know. Oh, I hope it's not just a quiet scene. I thought, quiet, I thought, <laughs> quiet gyration from, from Greg Vargas. Yeah, you're welcome. That would be a way better transition. <laughs> Belly dance. What have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is 2K allegedly in love with the Nintendo Switch? Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, they're they're dipping their toe in the water, so we'll find out. I just hope people realize that at some point that the the switch is on its decline now, hardware wise. What? What? I mean, think about it. I'm it, thinking. So, what, when did the switch release? Three years ago. So three years ago. It, 2017, March third. And it's like, okay, so say for example, you know, you looked at it in terms of phones. Like in 2017, the iPhone 8 was was just launching. It's software though. Software sells consoles. But that's what I'm saying though. It's they're, not, they're, it's not phones. To, but you have to recognize that the hardware is aging and it's aging. But it plays all the games fine. It's it's gotten a second. It's gotten a huge lift from both the Switch Lite and the um, and Animal Crossing. 
a lot of new players got into Animal Crossing that didn't have a Switch before because their friends were playing it. And they're like, I want to get in on that. And then they bought a Switch. So Yeah, for Nintendo first-party games. But what happens the day when Call of Duty Modern Warfare comes to the Switch? Nothing, because it'll never <laughs> fit on the hard drives. <laughs> right. And that's a, but, but, you know, there's got to be some solution to that for a third-party developer or publisher out there that has a game. No, we should not enable like... Activision's bad t- <laughs> tactics. Like, what if any, if any, okay, what about Tony Hawk? What about Tony Hawk? Are you kidding me? The Tony Hawk remake for for the average yeah. age of a Nintendo Switch owner would kill. Yeah, you tell me Tony Hawk won't run on Nintendo Switch? No. Uh, Witcher 3 does. Why can't Grand Theft Auto... Sorry, uh, whatever skateboard oh. game. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> the pinnacle of, of console skateboarding games the the launch if anything we've learned this gen is that any game can run on any console you just have to down res like before the nintendo was behind because they couldn't do hd then they brought out wii u but wii u was a potato and then the switch came out and people were like oh cool we can run any game we want on the switch you just have to put it like on low settings just like a pc when you put out a pc game usually you support the last 10 years of 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 pc parts there's no reason a game that runs on ps4 what is that true it's I pulled it out of air. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's but maybe that's not the standard, but usually I find uh, people like you have the hardcore PC people that upgrade their computers every year or two years. Uh, and then you have I would label the more general consumer, which I identify with, um, which I update every eight years. And it's fine. Low yeah, settings. The switch is low settings. Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X. <sighs> That's a company trying very hard to impress you, and they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and they're like, you want more hardware? Here's some hardware. Um, so is Radiohead the answer to all questions? I don't know. I guess so. I, I honestly... Yeah, I, I guess one of us has hard. to own the question part. Usually Sean does this part. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever legitimately listen to a full radiohead song i'm not into music i'm not a music guy <laughs> what i i, I don't I like don't i sound no i know i know my songs but i i have very little interest or knowledge about the artists behind the songs mm. so a lot of the times i don't even know who performs the songs and yeah, if you're like I'm... oh you like that song then you love all of this artist music i'm like no i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> see I'm, I'm like um you know i like what i like you know especially like the old punk and pop punk and stuff that uh, metal core and metal stuff and that kind of stuff and i didn't really stray too far from that to get into like the radiohead and like the mainline indie i don't know what you would describe them as wow i used to be big into punk i know that that was my mm. alternative and punk was my teenage life that was my choice Dangerous. uh do you think xenoblade chronicles definitive edition is going to outsell the sequel in the future from tony hmm, i'm not gonna question. try your last name or name Kaname Koran. Sure. <laughs> I think it will. What do you think? You think so? Yeah, it has, I think so. It has more iconic characters. It has It's a more... Uh, out of the whole Xenoblade franchise, this one is the most... You know, it has, it has Shulk, which is in Smash. So just the, the marketing of it is way stronger. So I think it will be an easy win over the sequel. All the other Xenoblade yeah. characters are just kind of like, who, what? 
Who's that? And plus, you have a, 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 a. It's a different. It's a different ball game altogether. You know, different install base, different platform, different. Um... Oh, I think they're talking about Xenoblade Two that came out on the Switch two years ago. Was it? Yeah. In comparison. Sorry. Oh, oh I don't know. Yeah, because um... that was that was the one called Xenoblade Two. It's the only one that was actually titled with a a sequel. There was Xenoblade Chronicles X, which was the Wii U one, but that was kind of like its own standalone thing. Mm, gotcha. Um, do you think the Switch cartridges will be compatible with the next-gen Nintendo console? Mm, that's a good question. I think so. Kind of like the DS, DS line had the uh, Game Boy Advance as well as the DS cards. Nintendo's been pretty good for backwards compatibility when it comes to the physical medium. Uh, you know, the Wii played... Yeah, the Wii played GameCube, the Wii U played Wii. Uh, the Switch is the first one to not be able to play anything uh, in the past, but I think that was a necessary jump and cutoff from old Nintendo. Yeah, I think it's a good way to to utilize the data on the card for faster transfer rates and to um, you know be able to offload some of the, your storage onto like whatever the main game files are onto the cartridge itself. Yeah, I really do hope they expand it in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, what games are you most excited for? Tony Hawk. For me, it's Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario. Mm -hmm. Um, it, I don't know. I don't even know what I like anymore. <laughs> I don't know who I am, Jason. Too many games. Too many games. <laughs> it, it really is. It's hard for me to, after reviewing games so long, to be genuinely excited to to really sit down and play something because I know something else is going to be coming. And and I'm always in that mindset. To, Drinking out to, of the fire hose. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's it's so hard, but. You know, games like Tony Hawk kind of reinvigorate that that ex excitement of and the nostalgia factor. And the same thing with Paper Mario, just because you know how, um, you know, the the comedy is going to resonate. And and I think that's you know definitely something that has got me, you know, at least interested in that direction. So it will pro it will probably be a day one buy for me. Well, the last one I was really excited for was Final Fantasy VII Remake. That was one I was like just mm. super hyped for. And uh, is that it? That's it. That... But see, like, I was excited for Cuphead like that, and then it just—I didn't even buy it at long. What about Resident Evil? You're you're big into that. Resident Evil Three. The I mean, that's thing. true. Re Resident Evil Two, Resident Evil Three. Yeah, I was really excited. Uh, what's my favorite sexual position? Oh my goodness. Um, the only one I know—it's very vanilla, and that's missionary, my friends. I thought it was the bearded one. But that's only my favorite one. But Ryan, you could probably ask your mom what her favorite one is. Oh my God. <laughs> favorite wrestling game. I don't like uh, wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game, and I think it's WCW versus NWO. Like some of the older stuff. Like there's a lot of those games that like my cousins and brother and family, everybody would play together. So, you know, and I miss those wrestling days too. Uh, final question from Tony: Is Mattel or Hasbro gonna sue Nintendo for infringing Connect Four, Othello, and Uno in Clubhouse Games Fifty One? Unlikely. What? Unlikely. Those are those are such old games. I doubt they even have copyrights anymore. <laughs> like, uh, I think after if a, if something is over a hundred years old, it falls into public domain. That's like copyright trademark, which is a very interesting conversation. I'd love to have with someone else regarding um. 
so the entertainment industry is fairly new, right? And the fact that that rule of copyrights expire after 100 years and that that goes into public domain, people are saying, well, what's going to happen to Mickey Mouse? Because Mickey Mouse is coming up on his 100-year anniversary. And there is no way Disney is going to be like, yeah, that's that's public domain now. Mm -hmm. So so I, I'm this is what I heard. Mm. And this is only from, you know, industry reports about disney and and all that sort of stuff and and where it came from but anyways i've heard there's you know gatekeepers to each one of the the ips and characters within disney and so you know even with copyright laws you know i'm sure there's uh they would fight tooth and nail oh, yeah. to 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 guard their their properties but i i've heard of instances where like you know, uh, oh, we want to do X, X, and X and X with with uh, with uh, Goofy, and we want to use him for this. And you'd have to, you know, go through the the, the ropes of of contacting the person that's in charge of Goofy, ask for permission, and then oh, well, we wanted to change this, and you got to go back to the person in charge of Goofy and ask for you know specific things to utilize the character for. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more red tape than oh, what for sure. people perceive. They have a country worth of lawyers. Like I'm sure there <laughs> is. You could put all the Disney lawyers on an island and just have it be a country, the, the Disney law country. John, get Disbaney on the line, please. Isn't isn't even like Disney? Doesn't Disney World operate outside of like government, or is that just some random like myth I heard somewhere? Oh, I have I have no idea. But I, I mean, to be in that many different countries, though, you know, I. Uh... But like Disney World is so massive in Florida. I think the specific one in Florida has special rules and government. Like they they got some special things going on. Uh, Nick asked, "Do you think the new Paper Mario has a chance to suffice the fans?" Yeah, fans can never be satisfied, <laughs> but it has a chance. That's your question. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever get a true return to um, the Mario RPG series just because Square's influence is now not included in that design but i think they've they've developed from that point that was the jumping off point and i think this one could actually you know resonate with fans more and and really grab that new community of of players mm -hmm. uh and i think we covered all the questions unless uh, you see one i missed where is Jason, game, you where do is not gaming going i think vr is really Jason. the end all be all just, just give us something. You'd be surprised. That's my answer. Whoa. Uh, I don't think VR is really the end-all be-all. Uh, so Siggy says, where's gaming going? And we're going to end on that note. Um, sure. hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> it's a big question. That's probably mm -hmm. worth its own podcast episode of where is gaming going. Short answer. Oh, short answer. It's going uh, into more mediums, I think. But that, mm -hmm. that would take a whole episode to, to elaborate on. I think there's going to be more immersion and more efforts to put people in, in that immersive state that they want them to experience their game in. Whether sure. that means haptics, VR, sound, I think we're going to see more of that. Uh, I'm talking tech, Siggy. So you're going to see it enter more. Uh, you know, we've seen it enter uh, the fitness space, I think you could see it easily go into more uh, health education. It's already a little bit in education, but I think there's a lot of room to grow. And I know us, the more traditional gamers, we don't always uh, view those game, like that type of gaming in the same light, but I think it 
potentially could be. And that's like a, that's, that's my 50 year vision. So. Yeah. Well, if you look at things like there's that, like a um, giant tablet thing you can put on your wall, that's like a workout station. I've seen actually some, some uh, friend of mine, um, I think their husband purchased it or something and put it up, but it's like a couple grand. And you look at this, something like that, that's supposed to get you excited to work out and it's supposed to be your, your online trainer. Mm-hmm. But instead you can go play something like, you know, ring fit adventure. Yeah. And so, you know, that it, it takes a place that I think the game industry is doing more for immersion and for normal everyday activities like exercise than the actual exercise industry or, those types of things so again i think it's all about the immersion mm-hmm. the experience you know you could do that with a connect from five years ago we're, we're really getting into something i'm really passionate about but i really think education is the is the place to go and not the traditional gaming education which is like boring games so you look at all the education games right now and i know we're going over time i'm sorry um kids don't always want to play the education games because they they smell of education games like they're boring but think about it i don't I can tell you playing Assassin's Creed got me more interested in history than probably any history class. So what if we took games like a Fortnite, uh, the Assassin's Creed, and you just tweak them just a little bit so that people are having fun and learning the same way. Like you, you talk to kids and like my, my kid can name off more guns than I even know exist because he loves Fortnite so much. And he knows all him and his friends know all the guns, the different like mods and all that, because that game is fun and they invest and that goes for all of us. Whenever we're invested in a game, we learn the ins and outs of it. And you know, like all these little things like Zerg creeping and stuff like that. <laughs> so I think if you position a game in a very interesting, um, and, and here's kind of my go-to metaphor is imagine if you take the concept of Fortnite, but you put in the human body and you know, you don't, you don't market it as an educational game. It just happens to be that you're fighting uh, viruses or whatever as a white blood cell. And Anyway, expand that concept so that all the subtleties is you're using terminology that you find in biology, but nobody realizes that they're learning as they're playing. And then they take a biology course and they're like, oh shit, I already know all these relationships and all these words because it's the same as this game. That's so funny you've mentioned that because I played a game like that way back in the day for my Mac, my parents' Performa 405 that was called Germicide that you had to fight off the infections in the body and it was like some like RPG game that was overly priced but you know i did learn some stuff and and you know we did see some of that this week with the epic game store releasing some of the uh, assassin's creed um ubisoft my bad um but you know you did those came up for free this week and i thought that was like a really cool tool to to bring people in especially the the conversation with parents i mean you're probably the exact opposite of who this is targeted towards but you're having the conversation that like hey there is a value in video games and experience that you can only have here and you know at least open your mind to to having your kids or yourself experience that yeah and uh yeah seriously i think we could do a whole episode on this i have so much more to say so we're gonna we're gonna save this for another episode thanks for bringing up whoever who asked that question i forget Siggy Sauer. thank you uh by the way shout out to Siggy Sauer. he's the one i don't know if you know this he's the one who composed the uh Cluster Scratch theme song that plays at the beginning. Oh, no shit. Yep. Nice. So there we go. Thank I you, Siggy. All right, guys. Uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, Greg, what's uh, anything coming out on your end in your writing world of stuff? On my end? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this week, um, you know, back again, just on PC Invasion. Um, you can look at all the articles I produce there. Um, hopefully going to be ramping that up a little bit more. Um, dipping my toes into streaming again this week. So 
going to try out a couple other games. I might do some uh, Total Carnage on SNES because now I have my composite HDMI video hookup. Um, but if you want to follow me on Instagram at enthusiast underscore Greg, um, as well on Twitter, I do have my Twitter set to private right now, but I have no problem with accepting people. Um, but it is also at enthusiast underscore Greg. So find me and I'm always um, ping me in the uh, HeyJ Discord chat and I'll respond. Very cool. But good reminder, join the Discord if you haven't already. Links in the description below. Uh, also, if you haven't noticed, I've, uh, I'm putting myself back into the content creator seat, putting out content here on HeyJ. Uh, so there are now daily streams. I do a lot of uh, Animal Crossing and coffee streams in the morning during the week. Uh, there's evening streams. Pretty much every day there's a stream. Uh, tomorrow night is the end of Bloodstained stream. And then there are new videos, about two a week coming out, which are going to be. So last week we had the top rhythm games on the Wii. Sorry, but it's part of the Wii 100. Uh, the Minecraft Dungeons review, so check those out. There's a new video over on HeyJ Eats, another Japanese snack box that's episode 10 and this week it's probably going to be a video about the psp animal crossing or the wii i'm still kind of feeling it out uh but anyways two two or three of those should come out uh otherwise we'll see you guys next week same time same channel at the usual place and until then keep it classy or as greg would say keep it crassy thank you greg have a good night everyone <laughs>